0: Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need, because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. At Toys and Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. What up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Appreciate you hopping on and checking out this latest episode of the podcast. Uh a little bit different. We're all going we're going straight up original new stuff that you didn't hear on the on the air this morning. So, no instant replays. And part of it's because I won't be here Friday and neither will Brandon who's going to be joining me right now on the on the podcast. So, what up, B? You're looking dashing. Well, thank you. Yeah. This is
1: one of the very, very few times you will see me in green. Oh, so. um, look at that!
0: You're all dressed up because you're actually doing your real job. Yeah, sort of thing too.
1: So, but was able to make a little time, yeah. stop on by.
0: Appreciate that, buddy. So, uh, because uh, well, I texted you the other day, yesterday, saying you know I'd like to get you in the pot after you heard David Stern's talk and. Obviously, we talked a little bit about uh, his comments on the on the radio program this morning, but you're my Brewers guy. You're my baseball guy. So I've got to get to your thoughts. Because, I mean, not to, I guess, tease too much of our Festivus, you know, shenanigans. But- it's
1: still two months <laughs> away, but I'm going to say right now that some people are going to have some work to do to knock off number one from my grievances list, which will just be in general the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers.
0: Perfect. So and I,
1: I, I reserve the right to... To limit that strictly to the team this year, because mm-hmm. if they do some things in you know in the next two months, that have yeah. me optimistic. Because was the Gellich and Kane one in December when they were acquired?
0: Or was that after? That was January. Was it Jan- Okay,
1: that was January. Right. That okay. was yeah. I must say it was like early to mid January. Winter meetings are in December
0: though, yes. aren't they? Yeah, okay.
1: and usually there's a lot of action there, even if it's not so much like signing people, it's doing the groundwork. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're laying up a blockbuster trade a lot of times that's when you're meeting face-to-face guys saying hey you know this is what we want this is what we're looking for that kind of stuff and then they can circle back but a lot of work usually gets done at the winter meetings so i'm gonna
0: ask you a couple things on some certain stuff that that sternsy uh uh, talked about And if there's anything else that that you kind of wanted to bring up let me know but the the first thing i wanted to to kind of bring up and this is something sterns has done throughout his tenure for for the brewers like after the season if something doesn't work out He's acknowledged it, like like a move or something like that, and I think he kind of did that with the hater one, where he acknowledged he's like, "Yeah, that definitely had more of an effect than what I thought it, it would have had on the team." Which I thought was, first of all, as a fan, I think it's kind of is it is refreshing to maybe strong of a word to to say that, but you don't hear that from a general manager too often. That's kind of open and and like, yeah, that that move didn't work out for me, and he's done that a couple times. He's yeah. acknowledged that.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the other one I think of offhand that follows in that beyond, you know, the Josh Hader trade would be the Jonathan Scope trade in yep. 2018, where, you know, at the end of the year, he just said, hey, you know, we tried something. It just, you know, he just wasn't, he never got comfortable here. It just, it just didn't work. And mm-hmm. that, and you're right. I think that's, it's nice to hear because, you know, before you can fix a problem, you have to acknowledge that a problem mm-hmm. is there. Yep. And I think he saw that, you know, maybe he underestimated the, you know, the clubhouse chemistry aspect of the Hader trade. And, you know, let's be honest too, another part of that is the fact that between, The moves they made at the deadline of acquiring, you know, getting Trevor Rogers back in that trade with bringing in Matt Bush, and, you know, those guys didn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, they struggled. And, you know, the the Trevor Rosenthal trade was made, you know, with an eye on September, and he never made it to the team. They traded for a player that never, you know, played for them. Right. And then, you know, out of the, the four guys that were kind of, the four relievers that were kind of you know talked about or acquired by the brewers at the trade deadline the one that had the most success in august and september and october was a guy that never played for the brewers and that was uh denelson lemay yeah who ended up getting picked up by the rockies and did well Mm -hmm. and so you know it was uh you know i i think the best way to just kind of sum it up is it kind of had and you can make a case to even going back to the start of the year with the you know some of the moves they tried to make for the to help the offense, bring in Andrew and stuff like that. I mean, the Hunter Renfro trade, I think you can say definitely worked. Mm-hmm. But you know, in in some ways, um, it seemed like Davis Stearns kind of had a bit of that reverse Midas touch. Yeah, you know, instead of turning to gold to goal, yeah. kind of turn to crap, and that hasn't happened very much. So mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's you know it's very frustrating when those things kind of stacked up. Right. You know, you can handle a Jonathan Scope trade if. You know, you're making a couple other moves at the same time, and they work.
0: Right. But and you still made the NLCS. I yeah, guess. exactly.
1: So it's it's a lot easier to go. Oh yeah, that one didn't work, but that's okay. But mm-hmm. that's tough when you have a bunch of them kind of bunched together, right. even if that hasn't been his track record. That you know, it's just you know, sometimes hitters go into a slump. But maybe for David Stearns, that was just him going into a, a bit of a slump at the deadline this year.
0: And he mentioned too, the, talking a little bit about the offense, he mentioned that you know, homers are a good thing in baseball. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but. I think he said something like that, but then he also mentioned too, like where there was other points in the offense that it wasn't just working out for us uh, throughout the season. So I mean, you know, we've talked about analytics and we've talked about the home run ball, you know, throughout the season and such. But does that almost give you the impression too, like he knows he he's got to find more hitters for for this ball club? Because you know, half joking, but I also feel like if there's going to be one team to do this, it would be the Brewers, where you know heading into this this offseason when you look at hitters to acquire i could see like the brewers being a team like okay yeah his batting average was 227 but let's look at how many of those hits were hit into the shift and take those away so actually his average would have been like a 260 or something like that the analytics side like if there's a team i could see doing that would be the brewers you, you know it's and i don't know if that's right or wrong but i could see that happening it's, a little it's bit it's
1: going to be interesting to see how much people Really look into that, and the Brewers have two guys. One for sure, I'm imagining that will be back, and another that may, you know, probably will. That you know, really, we're kind of bit by the shift. One was Christian Yelich. I mean, yeah. he's not going anywhere, and Roddy Tellez. Mm-hmm. You know, two guys that you know really hit. You know, the, the shifts really took hits away from them. But um, I, you know, what I would like to see with this group is the moves. Or the the moves that are coming next year, as far as in in Major League Baseball go, you know, with the banning of the shift and you know some other stuff, really incentivizes teams to uh, kind of be more active on the bases, steal mm-hmm. bases, to you know that kind of stuff. And to me, I look at this Brewers team and I see a team that in many ways could really embrace that. You know, Christian Yelich had an efficient year stealing bases, but it really seemed like in the second half he didn't wasn't as active on the bases. Mm-hmm. And you know Garrett Mitchell. I was just going to say he's that... he's someone that you know even though you know he, he he had a very good first impression, I still think that you know the the strikeout rate was a little too high and the batting average on balls in play was wasn't sustainable. But you know he's someone that certainly I think earned his right to be at the table when mm-hmm. we're in spring training next February and we start talking about well who's going to be in that outfield. Um, Sal Frelick, another guy who's you know on the doorstep at AAA, who's had just a monster year. He's a guy that steals bases too. Like you, Estudio know, Ruiz, one of the guys they acquired in the Josh Hader trade, had was it eighty? Yeah, I think eighty steals in the minors. Like at this point, he's kind of shown what he you know everything he can at AAA. He he, he beat up on AAA, be it with San Diego or with Milwaukee. At this point, you know you're probably not going to learn too much more just beating up on AAA. Mm-hmm. You know, so really, this is a team that could kind of embrace that you know that more activeness. On the bases, now you know. I think you know. Then suddenly, when you're that kind of team, you're not so insistent on the home run ball, right? You know. Then instead of you know needing you know getting a guy on base and hoping for you know something big, it can be maybe a steal and a single, right? That you know that gets somebody home. And you know, there's an old saying: the speed never goes into a slump. Well, you know, hitters will slump, but if you're you know if you're if you're Garrett Mitchell and you're struggling, well, then maybe you're trying to you know bunt for base hits, or maybe it's a you know, an infield single that kind of snaps you out of it, and to me, and maybe I'm just being a little selfish because those are the types of teams I like to watch. But to me, it seems like with the way the rules are changing and the fact that the Brewers have several young players on the brink of making the majors that fit this profile, why not lean into it? That's you know, interesting. I never thought of it that way. You know, why yeah. not just, you know, become that? You know, to me, the 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 exam the prime example I will use about this is the 2003 Marlins. You know, that team that had good starters, mm-hmm. but you had Luis Castillo. I think Juan Pierre maybe was on that team. Very young McGee, McGee Cabrera. Yeah, yeah you know. very young Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. But you you had like a couple power guys in the middle of the lineup. But the rest of your lineup, you had a lot of speed, mm-hmm. and you were just you know get you know causing havoc on the base pass. And I think that would be a fun team to watch, and I think it could be a, a successful kind of adjustment on the fly mm-hmm. because the rules that are coming in really are you know pointing people in the direction of playing this way so if you have that if you have that talent and then you know this is the way the game's going why not lean into it yeah i never actually i never thought
0: of it that way and i think that's uh that's an interesting point too because you know part of me was thinking and this was going to lead into the next thing i was going to kind of talk about was you know everybody's going to be focused on free agency and i know he he mentioned or david Stearns mm-hmm. him being he said that you know the 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 competitive window they feel is still open you know, uh ownership is fully behind and they're committed to a World Series, you know, well how committed are they? That's the other part of that <laughs> yeah. sort of you know, money talks, right? Yes. Sort of thing. But, you know, part of me too is like I know you and I have talked about it on the on the radio program that is like, does this off season feel like okay, this is the final year with like Burns and Woodruff to try to go for it? And part of me was like, Well, it seems like they at least they have a nice cushion of youngsters that if they do decide to go for it a little bit this year, they still have Guys waiting in the wings, younger guys that you can bring up. But like what you're mentioning, maybe you bring them up this year to fit
1: that profile of what the what the rules are going to be like. It could be. And I also I think the thing that's going to be important here too is assuming that this Brewers team is still operating on a budget. And generally, you know the around 130 million's kind of been that mm-hmm. that number. You know, remember that you know if you got a Garrett Mitchell, a Sal Frelick, a Reeves, those guys are all making the league minimum, mm-hmm. which I think is 700 thousand. So. You know, I also look at it as a way of, and Bryce Tereng's another one too that we didn't mention. But he, I mean, he's maybe he's a becomes the top kind of utility infielder. Maybe he's a guy that you know, if they don't pick up the Colton Wong option, is a guy that can step in at second base. I mean, he's a shortstop by trade. Mm-hmm. You know, he played some outfield, played some third base last year, kind of getting, I guess, classically trained in the Brewers' uh, <laughs> model of you know position versatility but is he a power bat no he's no. more. but he's a he's a contact guy okay. i mean he's he's contact guy to good on base had a good year at triple a you know can steal some bases too so you know suddenly if you do that at a couple spots you know maybe you open up some cash to where you can make a bit of a splash at third base for mm-hmm. example or you can really embrace kind of bringing in a couple relievers that was another thing that david stearns had mentioned was mm-hmm. you know they feel confident about Devin Williams, but getting more guys to go with him. Right. You know, ideally, when this Brewers bullpen over the last several years has been at its best, yeah, they've had Josh Hader, but they've also, you know, I look at 2018, they had Jeremy Jeffress, they had Corey Knable, they yeah. had Joaquin Soria. You know, they had...
0: You can break Hader in in the seventh and still have yeah, somebody Yeah, the, the reason back they end.
1: could you know, use him that way then was because they still had Knable, Jeffress, Soria, some mm-hmm. other guys that were pitching well. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you invest in a couple, you know, one-year deals on some you know, some veteran relievers for, you know, three, four million bucks mm-hmm. that you can pair with, you know, some guys that had good years, Hobie Milner, and I think Peter Strzelacki had a really good year kind of coming off the map. And then you're, next year you're going to have a, a chance to see Jake Cousins and Justin Topa when they're not injured. You know, they're going to, you know, hopefully they have a nice, you know, uneventful offseason right. they can come into spring training ready to go. And then, you know, suddenly you you, you feel decent about that. But, yeah, the bats, I think – if you lean into some of those youngsters i think kind of one of the other unintended consequences is maybe you you free up a little money now it's not going to be a ton cuz remember some a lot of these guys are arbitration eligible Yeah. you know Woodruff, burns adamas yeah you know hunter renfro if they bring him back um you know those are all guys that are going to be getting raises you know in arbitration i don't think you ever make less than you did the year before mm-hmm. so it's going to be a little bit more but you know you think you still maybe you have moves or you have money to kind of you know make a move there and 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 do something to help
0: do you think the Brewers need to upgrade a catcher? Um. Or do you maybe like Victor Caratini getting more playing time, or um, is he like a Manny Pena type of
1: player? You know, uh, Omar Nava is a free agent, mm-hmm. I believe. So he and he, you know, his defense has really come a long way since he first got to Milwaukee. But you know, two out of the three years he's in Milwaukee, his offense really scuffled. Mm-hmm. You know, last year he was an All Star. I mean, he had a great first half last year, and then kind of faded when I think Craig Council even admitted that they probably played him a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But um. Bringing up the youngsters, another young guy that's kind of on the on the brink is um, Mario Feliciano. You know, He's a guy that had a good year at AAA hitting. You know his defense is still a little bit of a work in progress. A lot of pass balls, but you know it would not surprise me if maybe they decide. You know if they move on from Narvaez, Caratini's arbitration eligible. I think they really like what they saw at him, especially you know joining you know on the heel, you know right at the start of the season. Right. Um, maybe you you platoon those two guys together mm-hmm. and. Then you can put them both kind of in spots to succeed. Caratini has always been a better hitter against left-handed pitching, mm-hmm. so maybe it's not a perfect platoon because Feliciano is a right-handed batter. But you never know. Like you can kind of mix and match a little bit, and you know maybe you give a year where those guys kind of split with the idea that if you know Feliciano you know hits the ground running like you hope he does, then maybe twenty twenty four he takes on a little bit more of that role, and then you kind of figure something else out otherwise. Mm-hmm. But you know catcher is a spot where offensively, for the most part, especially down the stretch, they. They struggle to get offense, but you know I think that you know they may look in house.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that stood out to you from? I'm from not Storm really. Team? I
1: think those. You know, you're never going to hear anything earth shattering at right. those. I mean, and you know, you're always going to see reactions from people like just i don't know what i don't know what you're expecting at a year-end press conference. exactly or like,
0: like even during the season like you don't like i was kind of joking this with with packers you're not going to hear like joe barry like criticize yeah i'm not doing a good job or anything like yeah that, it's you just, know, you're sort sort gonna
1: thing. say we need to get better or whatever right. and in this case yeah you're not gonna see that and that's the thing too is over the years the bruce have done a very good job of kind of holding their cards close to the vest, to the vest yeah. you don't you don't really see very many of their big moves coming and i think you know, he had mentioned that you know they want to keep the core. You know, they feel good about the core, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is like Burns, Woodruff, William Adams, yeah. Devin Williams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there. You know, there may not be a move there, but you know, Davis Stearns has also always been the guy that will listen when someone calls. Mm-hmm. You never know what someone's going to offer until you let him offer it. Right. So.
0: Kind of like the hater thing, right? I exactly. Mean,
1: yeah. So going, you know, that was something that, you know, I think there were rumblings as far as, like, people thinking, like, why it could happen, but there was never necessarily rumblings that it was so much. Mm-hmm. Like, even the reports leading up to it were like, yeah, the Brewers are listening, but it didn't sound like they were, you know, right. that they were going to make the move, and then they did. So, you know, going into this offseason, I think you've said this before, and I 100% agree with it. It's one of the more interesting offseasons, you know, as far as the Brewers goes, because there's just so many things that could happen. Right. You know, you could make a case for you know bringing back all the main guys and just trying to you know
0: run it back a little a little
1: bit but you know readjusting some of the pieces you know maybe finding something on off a piece or two on offense you could make a case for well what if they you know traded one of either you know Burns or Woodruff Mm -hmm. for the sake of maybe trying to be able to extend the other that kind of thing and then getting something back that can help right they're looking for a young third baseman maybe that's the way you do it Mm -hmm. you know there's just a lot on the table with, I know he talked about Christian
0: Yelich too and he and he kind of pointed out something I know you and I have talked about too where he said you know the 2018-2019 version asking Christian to do that is you know it's it, it's just not kind of fair or realistic yes. is, is maybe the best way to put it but he did note too that he still thinks that there is more offense left to be had from, from Christian Yelich uh, a little bit and he talked about you know lead off you know kind of worked out for him and, and, and all that but again it's you know it's Another off season and heading into another year, or I think a lot of us are wondering what are we going to get from Christian Yelich, and, and he, is he a guy that could benefit from maybe a younger, speedier, you know, people hitting ahead of him, or so, Or do you keep yeah. him at leadoff? Or I know? think
1: you keep him there, even though you know, mentioned some of those other guys are are guys that also profile a bit as leadoff hitters, Freilich and you know, Ruiz, Mitchell. But you know, I, you know, I don't think that. You know, I think at the bottom line is you just want good hitters in your lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. You know, if you've got a three hitter that's, you know, will hit ten to fifteen home runs to me, that's not a, that big of a deal. Like you just want, you know, to me, the the, the very essence of putting together a lineup in baseball is just mag, make sure your best hitters get the most at bats. Right. You know, you you know, you don't necessarily. Well, this guy is a you know this guy is a five hitter. Well, if he's one of your best two or three hitters, you got to make sure he's at the top of the lineup. And right. you know, Yelich did blossom in that leadoff hit, you know role. You know he. It didn't, you know, he was, he was patient, you know, maybe sometimes you can make the case a little too patient, but still, I mean, and, you know, for him, I think, and I brought up the stat last week, you know, that all five balls he put in the air, you know, to the pull side were home runs, like Mm -hmm. finding a way to tap into that pull side power because it's still there. And that's easier said than done, you know, the ground ball rate for him still, still high, you know, you want him to ideally hit the ball in the air a little more, but you know, that's a process. That's There's nothing you can really do about that in the year. You mm-hmm. know, that's off season of, you know, working with a hitting, you know, uh, if you've got a personal hitting coach or someone you're working with every day and you kind of slowly but surely trying to make those improvements. And, right. you know, this is just going to be something, as Brewers fans, we're just going to have to, you know, watch play out because he's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. there's nobody exactly knocking down the door to, to, to pick up Christian Yelich, you know, as he currently stands right now. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be a productive player. Mm-hmm. And I also think the other thing that may help too is with you know these guys that are on the you know, on the brink of full time action in the big leagues, probably a little more time for Christian Yelich at DH. Because all of those other guys are are plus defenders. You know, mm-hmm. good speed. You know, we we saw what Garrett Mitchell could do in center field, you know, Sal relics the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, Asturi Ruiz is re- honestly the fastest of the bunch, but he's still a little bit newer to the outfield because I think mm-hmm. he played infield earlier on. So he's still kinda getting used to, you know, all of the you know all of the breaks and everything that comes with being a center fielder, mm-hmm. but you know maybe that means a little more time for Christian Yelich at DH, which Could, is probably for the best. Now
0: I just you know I'm playing like Madden or fantasy baseball in my head. Now when you're when you you're just saying that, and I'm like, so the other thing that popped to my head, okay, with banning the shift, then how important is it to have maybe those speedier outfielders to cover more ground yeah.
1: in that way? Yeah, I think so, and I think it also places a an emphasis on athleticism among your infielders. Remember, we're not mm-hmm. too far removed from the Brewers playing Travis Shaw at their base. Yeah, You know, using mm-hmm. the, you know, I think people joked about it as the goal line package. Yeah. <laughs> where you re- were, you know, Jonathan Scope at that time played some shortstop, and he was, I mean, he's more of a second baseman than a shortstop then, and especially now, mm-hmm. to where you could kind of get away with that if you, with the shifts. But now, I mean, you're, you're not, you, you certainly can't do that. And, yeah. you know, a guy like, you know, Bryce Tarang, who is a shortstop by trade, but can play all over. If he's playing second base, you feel good about that. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's really gonna put an emphasis on, you know, athletes being able to go out there and do good things. And, you know, the Brewer's farm system isn't, you know, the most highly ranked in the world, but those are the type of players that they have, especially on the you know, right on the brink of making an impact at the major league level.
0: I guess to to kind of wrap this up in uh Brandon, but I feel like And we've talked about it, and I know you just mentioned it too. You know the interesting part of this offseason, or how interesting it's going to be. I almost feel like we're going to see a lot of the same players back, or we could see a lot, almost a completely different team too.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that could go, and that's what makes this so interesting. Yeah, is you know you can make a case for a lot of different things. Then, you know that's you know that's going to make it. Like I said, it's going to make it interesting to keep an eye on this offseason, but. You know, it's it's an interesting time just in the general in the NL Central. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cardinals, you know, came up short against the Phillies, and now Pujols and Molina are out the door. We, we're not sure about Adam Wainwright. Like mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado could potentially be a free agent. I mean, he can opt out of his deal, No, but you know, it is possible he could opt out and just sign a new deal with St. Louis. Sounds like he loves being in St. Louis, right? But and they still got Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, they <laughs> still got Paul Goldschmidt, which is always gonna you know give Brewers a little cause for pause, but. Yeah. And then the Cubs who the Cubs finished well last year. Like they obviously because they were so far back of the front too that they you know they, they kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but they played well in the second half. And that's a young team that, you know, they're gonna have they have money to spend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do they go out and try to get a big bat? You know, what about someone like a Carlos Correa, who, yeah. you know, had a really good year with um Minnesota, but you know, he made it known, hey, I I I, I want to get me. paid. Yeah, yeah. I come <laughs> get me. You know, are the Cubs willing to do that? You know, suddenly you know, they make a move or two, and they're kind of back in it a little bit. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting off for a lot of reasons, and for the Brewers, it's just yeah, there's just so much that could happen. Yeah. That you know it's going to you know for a for a period of time here, I think it's going to kind of allow imaginations to run wild a little bit until right. we kind of hit those times of like okay, you know, our people, you know, like arbitration. You know, the Brewers have a lot of arbitration eligible people. Not mm-hmm. all of them are going to be back. Yeah. So that to me, that's kind of the first big domino. And also the you know, the un the kind of the other domino too is David Stearns himself. Yeah. Because, you know, the 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 Mets, they're out too. You know, they had a very you know, the one hundred and one games, didn't win the division, now they're out. Yeah. And, you know, they're looking for someone that you know, kind of in that present of baseball operations mode. And I mean there's been, obviously there's been the rumors in the past about, you know, that's that's David Stearns's you know, childhood team. Yeah. You know, and you know there's kind of talk, you know, does David Stearns have you know, I think a year left on his deal. I think he was talking with WTMJ last week, and he had mentioned that, you know, he didn't anticipate, you know, so they asked, like, you know, can we anticipate, and you know, any changes with you or Craig going anywhere? And he says, I, I wouldn't anticipate that. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, was it that to be in the year, there was some, like, loophole? Yeah, like where, he... like, if they made the World Series, he could have possibly gotten out a year early. And, right. And so that's kind of the other th- interesting thing, too. And, you know, something I was just kind of, you know, thinking myself, like, you know, the Mets have already said like it's a role they want to fill, but they don't necessarily need to do it this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which leads me to believe. Well, what do you think? You know who 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 may they may they have in mind? But right. you know what if you're what if you are the Brewers and you kind of you call and you say, hey, you know you if you open that up, and this is just me being totally recklessly speculative, but you you call and you you give him that opportunity, but you say, hey, we want something in return. That's what I was going to wonder. Could you do a trade? Yes, it's, and that's been done for coaches before, mm-hmm. your managers. So. Um, what if you do that? And I mean, I'm, this is just me, you know, asking pie in the sky. But you know, the Mets have a pretty good third base prospect named Brett Beatty mm. who made his major league debut this past year.
0: And they signed Escobar, so they've got a third base. Yeah, one like, there, and, right?
1: and let's be real—if they want to go and get one, they can. Mm-hmm. You know, what? You know, what if? You know, that's kind of that. You know, we've 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 talked so many times about David Stern's kind of thinking outside the box. But wouldn't this be the ultimate outside the box thinking to do? To literally trade the guy that thinks outside the box for yeah, that would
0: you know, for, be.
1: But I and I and again I don't know the you know the logicalness of that or even the feasibility. Right. But it was just something I kind of thought of where you know going if if he's going into the last year of his contract, you really don't want a lame duck general manager because it's it's tough on everybody, it's tough on him because like you know obviously you're trying to make moves to win, but at the same time you know you're not you know maybe you're you know if you hey, let's put it this way, if you haven't signed an extension, there's a reason. Right, and you know, so either one of two, you know, I think that's kind of another thing. This off season is you need to do one, or two things. Either you, you know you be, you figure out an extension, mm-hmm. or if he's going, then you know, and and that's been you know that's going to have to have to be communicated that right. hey, you know, I, this is something I may be interested a year from now. Well, then,
0: because really, I mean, you know, I'm thinking too, like okay, if he's if he's going. He's probably, and if it's, let's say it's like a team like the Mets, he's probably not going to want to do any deals with the Mets to try to improve the Brewers because it would weaken the Mets. You know, yeah. I'm taking a little off yeah. the yeah. wall there a but, little but bit. Yeah. But.
1: And that's, and remember, that not that long ago, the Brewers re signed or extended Matt Arnold, who, yeah. was, who was the GM. And the GM is second in command under the president of baseball operations. Right. I'm assuming part of that was thinking, you know, this may be possible. You know, this may be something that's happening because other teams were coming to the Brewers about, you know, we want to talk to him. Yeah. And, so, you know, if Matt Arnold is maybe kind of your guy in waiting, you know, at some point you kind of, you know, you rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm I'm advocating, hey, they should absolutely do this. But if you're reaching a spot where you're kind of got a lame duck leader, you kind of need to figure it out one way or the other, I think.
0: Right. I totally agree. All right, before uh, we let you go, Brandon here, because we're already approaching half an hour, man. Holy moly, we're just cruising on through We can talk. Who knew? <laughs> Let's do some picks, because you and I will not uh, be on the uh, radio for uh, Friday when we usually do some picks, and usually we do picks on the, on the pod, too. So, well, kill two birds with one stone uh, on this. So we get a bar burner on Thursday night. Oh, of boy. Course we're if you thought last for Thursday. Football. Yeah. Watch, this one's going to go, like, 30 to 28 or something like that. Washington
1: at Chicago. I'm gonna take the Bears. And take the Bears. I'm gonna go with the Bears. Um, um It doesn't sound like it's taken very long for Carson Wentz to kind of <laughs> grind on another coach. Yeah. Um, and you know that we've talked about it before. There's a, there's a lot of things to like about Washington's roster, mm-hmm. but man, the, the things that you don't are really rough. And you know the bear just a short week at home. I don't know. I just it's. I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a close game. I won't necessarily say that means it's gonna be a good game, yes. but I, I will take the Bears.
0: I'm gonna take Washington in this one, um, and part of that is because of all the talk about Carson and Ron Rivera and all that. So I'm I'm gonna take Washington, but uh, Bears are pesky. That's the one thing I give them credit. for Yeah, this they share. hang
1: around. I mean, we you saw it on Sunday with that Minnesota game where yeah. that was a game that for a quarter and a half you're like, you know, they could blow these guys out, and they you know they were winning. Yeah, I mean that's a game they could have won. Yep, and. And So, I, yeah, I think I'm also going to be interested to see, I mean, you can make a case that that Sunday game was one of the best games Justin Fields played. Yeah. So, you know, does he stack? Can he stack it? Can he stack success? Stack success. Can he have another game where suddenly you get two or three good games in a row and if you're a Bears fan, you're thinking, okay, well, Mm -hmm. maybe there's something here.
0: Yep. Uh, All right. So we got San Francisco at Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan going back to
1: Atlanta. Well, like I said last week, this is another old NFC West rivalry. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take the 49ers. Yeah, um, I got 49ers even try. Too. You know, the Falcons have done a really good job just being competitive. They're another kind of pesky team. They may only win five games, but most of them are gonna be close. Oh yeah, and they might have been a uh,
0: questionable roughing the passer away from beating the Buccaneers. This um, past I weekend. think
1: you're being kind, calling it questionable. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'll take the 49ers.
0: Yeah, I'm going 49ers too. Bill Belichick going back to Cleveland. Patriots at Cleveland.
1: This is when I go back and forth, and I will take the Browns, though. Um, I think at some point they just need to understand who they are yeah. and lean into lean into Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially now while you're waiting for Deshaun Watson to get back. Like, you just be who you are. Yep, I agree.
0: I'm going Cleveland too on this one. I'm going to save the Green Bay Jets one here. Uh, Jacksonville at the Colts, and this hey, Jacksonville's got
1: the Colts number, man. They do. <laughs> But uh, just the same way Houston has Jacksonville's number somehow. It's weird, right? It yeah. is. Um, I will go Jacksonville. And, you know, it's been a cu- rough couple weeks for Jacksonville. I think two weeks where people are like, oh, like, yeah. this is this could be the favorite in the South. But I don't know who the favorite in the South is. And I don't even want to guess because, I, <laughs> because it's probably kind to call them a favorite. But yep. I'm going to say Jacksonville wins an ugly game.
0: I want to pick the Colts, but I'm picking Jacksonville. I'm just waiting for the Colts to actually win a decent game. Besides, well, that Kansas City one, but yeah. still, that's the outlier. Now, yep. uh, we'll save the Minnesota one here too. Towards the end, uh, let's go Cincinnati
1: at the Saints. Ah, uh, Joe Burrow comes back to Louisiana. I'm gonna go Bengals. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Bengals in this one too.
0: Jamar Chase going
1: back to. That's right. Minnesota. Yeah, a couple. Couple. My my mistake. Uh let's go Baltimore at New York. A sneak. A game that probably didn't look that it would be this good at the start yeah. of the year. I mean, this is obviously Giants coming off a big win over Green Bay, but this is a, a test of a completely different kind. I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens, too. I know Wake Martindale's probably a little motivated to go up against Baltimore, his
0: former team, but I just, yeah, I'm going to go Baltimore. That
1: doesn't mean week. stopping J- Lamar Jackson's any easier. Right, exactly. Uh, Tampa at Pittsburgh. Um, Man, I'm going Tampa because uh, can you pick it against that Buccaneers defense? Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Kenny Pickett, first week you have to go against Buffalo. Second week you're going up against Tampa Bay. Welcome defense. to the NFL, kid. Yep, I'm going Tampa, too. Uh, uh, Tampa, yeah. God, I always catch myself doing that. Dang it. Uh, Carolina at Los Angeles. Carolina with, with an interim head coach, Steve Wilkes.
1: And with DJ uh, Walk. Walker, a former XFL superstar, but uh, Rams. Yeah, uh, I'm going Rams,
0: too, especially coming off a loss against Dallas. In, in L.A., too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Big game for the Rams, though. You lose this one, Ooh. yeah, then you're really in trouble. Arizona at Seattle. Um, I'm gonna go Arizona. Um, I think this one will be close. Um, never would have thought about this at week one, but a big, big question here is: Can Arizona slow down Geno Smith? Right, no which is apparent, which is a thing. <laughs> yep. But at the end of the day, I just think, even though I don't think too highly of cliff kingsbury as a coach i still think they're just a better team i'll go arizona i bet you it's a pretty close game i'll say like arizona by like three
0: yeah i would agree with that i'm gonna go arizona but it's it'll be a little bit closer than maybe what we expected in week yeah. one uh you know before the season and probably the best game, game of the weekend of
1: the weekend maybe a game the of the year early on here
0: yep buffalo at kansas city first time that uh patrick mahomes is not favored at home Ooh. buffalo favored in this one
1: I'm gonna go Buffalo. I just think they're a better team. You know, the last two weeks they've been super impressive since that Miami loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going Buffalo. I'm in going Buffalo shootout. too.
0: Um, I think if Buffalo wins this one, I don't know if there's a great team right now. Five weeks in from what we've seen, Buffalo is the closest one. Yes. That that loss to to Miami and then, I mean, they might have been again questionable roughing the passer call and a questionable decision from Harbaugh. You know, field goal. They might have had two losses, mm-hmm. but. They win this one, I think they're the great team. You yes. know, number one if we did it power agree. rankings. I would agree. Dallas at Philly, uh, again, probably before the season started, we'd be like, Oh good, weird Dallas and Philly Sunday night. But yeah. now it's It makes sense. Yeah, four and one versus five and no.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna go Philly, uh, strictly with it being at home. I mean Cooper Rush has been you know, he's done what's been asked, but going to play in Philly. Against a really good Philly team, that's a tough ask for mm-hmm. me. the The matchup I'm looking most forward to is the Dallas front four against Jalen Hurts because and, they can get after it. You know, but that's, I mean, that's a guy that's playing a different level right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of guy who's playing a different level, is Micah Parsons. Oh yeah. For for Dallas, uh, which you mentioned the front four, and I feel like that's the advantage. I think Dallas's defense is going to slow it down a little bit, but I feel like this to be a low scoring game, like thirteen ten or something, sixteen ten, something like that. So I'm gonna go Dallas actually in this one. Uh, and of course, because you know Denver's on every primetime game so far this year, it's Russell Wilson visiting Justin Herbert and the Chargers.
1: We talked about games that looked a lot better or like, look a lot better now than versus Week One. This yeah. is one that's kind of the opposite. But yep. I'll take the Chargers at home, even though the Chargers don't always have the biggest home field advantage because <laughs> fans travel well. Yep. But chargers i'm going chargers too in this one uh let's go to minnesota visiting
0: miami and it's perfect timing for this because mm-hmm. miami sounds like they're going to play their third string quarterback
1: and look everything so far leading up to this says minnesota because they're playing their third string quarterback but i've been a viking fan too long to see this train coming i'm picking miami somehow some really yes
0: wow um i originally had miami Then I saw the news that Tua and Teddy. Even if Teddy's cleared, he's not starting. Yeah. So,
1: but yeah, I and and look, my my rationale for this may be a little, you know, kind of goofy. But like I said, I've been a Viking fan long enough to see this sets up perfectly for Minnesota to win. You know, they're getting a great break going on the road against a team when it's firing on all cylinders, a good team. Yeah. The week before a bye, and they're playing a third string quarterback. But I've seen this play out too much. So because of my my Vikings fan, um, just. Jitters. Jitters. Yeah. I will take Miami somehow someway, like a wow. like a 20 to 17 just ugly game. I'm picking Minnesota and I hope you're right
0: though. <laughs> I hope you're right. I hope right. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh the Jets taking on uh Green Bay, it's the LaFleur, aka BFF game cuz Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur best friends and Matt LaFleur's brother of course is offensive coordinator for the Jets. We were coming off and of dropping 40 points against the Dolphins. So at Green Bay, who do you got?
1: Uh, I'm gonna take Green Bay. Um, this is one of those games. I think that you know now versus at the start of the year is gonna be a lot closer than we think, mm-hmm. just because what we've seen, especially in recent weeks, out of the Jets. But still, I think Green Bay bounces back from the, you know, from the London game and, yeah. and, and and makes it happen for them.
0: You got a pissed off Green Bay team. Use it, get a win. So I'll go Green Bay.
1: Playing at home. Hopefully, the, hopefully the home fans are awake.
0: Yeah. No kidding, right? No sitting and no doing the wave on offense either for crying out loud.
1: It's not a good sign, and I and I know there's reasons for this, and we won't get into that. But when the when your fans in England are more boisterous than your fans a lot of times at home, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the best sign. Nope. All right, Brandon, appreciate you stopping on
0: or hopping on, I guess. And uh, well, we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, bud. You bet. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to uh, give it a solid rating so other people can find the podcast as well. Big thanks to Hive and Toys and Ford for being our partners. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys again later.